Welcome to the Megan in the Morning podcast. We're glad you're here. Please store your belongings in the seat pocket in front of you. And remember, you can catch Megan live weekdays on 107.7 The Beat. Enjoy the ride. Good morning and happy Monday. Welcome to another week in July. It's July 12th and we're waking up to some smoke in the air. Nothing too substantial, but you can definitely smell it. And when the sun was coming up this morning, big ball of red in the sky. It's always wild to see. What a fun weekend it was. It was great to uh, head up north to Redmond at General Duffy's on Friday to see Dive Bar Theology, this fantastic uh, band. Gosh, they were great. They did a lot of cover songs. They had some of their own kind of folky, indie, um, incredible. What a good dance party it ended up being underneath some of those great lights up at General Duffy's and uh, the food carts there are just incredible. They have such an awesome selection. Ashley, I got a chance to meet the owner of um, Nona's Cucina, uh, and her name's Ashley. She's great. And I had the watermelon salad that I'm still daydreaming about at this very moment. I'm going to absolutely have to get it again. So it was fun on Friday. Then on Saturday, uh, Ben Summerfest was happening all weekend long. Got a chance to ride the bikes down there, see all the different vendors. My friend Tony at Ben Photo Tours. Great to see her in her booth. Uh, the food. Oh my gosh, the lemonade, the noodles. It was just fun to be at a festival again. And Central Oregon, my goodness, we sure know how to throw a festival. They're so much fun. Live music was great to see. And it was just a, great to be out and about. You really start to appreciate these things that we did didn't have last year even more. And that's just one little silver lining of the lockdown. It's going to be a lot of fun today diving into uh, Craigslist misconnections. We've got some celebrity news to catch you up on. Uh, but overall, your daily news beat is next as well as a check your forecast. Your news beat is brought to you by the Thomason Auto Group. Thomason Auto, the best way to buy in Bend, Redmond and online at Thomason.com. Good morning. It's Megan. City officials in Bend say the fireworks ban that's just been extended through the end of August in the city could become permanent. Assistant City Manager John Skidmore says the Bend City Council will consider permanent changes on fireworks regulations within their regular when their regular meetings resume next month. He says there are several options the council will consider in addition to a permanent ban, including a seasonal ban and restrictions on the sale of fireworks. Also, those large Pandora pine moths are back. Several neighborhoods in Bend and Redmond have reported sightings around their homes. Nothing like the invasions in the mid-90s or in 2019 yet. The Pandora moth is one of the biggest forest insects in North America, and they're known for their thick, heavy body and three to five inch wingspan. It's a native insect to the Western US. They aren't dangerous, but they can live up to two years. Pandora moth outbreaks in forest areas that are extremely dry can cause extensive defoliation and can kill the trees. Just walking into work, I mean, I talked about them maybe the first time I saw them two weeks ago, and every single morning coming into work, there's a little bit more and a little bit more. It's because we have these big lights uh, in the parking lot here, and uh, the lights are off by the time I come into work, but the Pandora moths are around. It's like they had a big old dance party all night long, and they're taking a nap, but they're definitely starting to creep in more and more, and I remember that invasion in 2019. Ugh. So creepy. It's just the way that moths fly is a little un uh, unpredictable. So I don't really like them. Taking a look at uh, your forecast today, looks like high is going to be in the low 90s. Uh, sunny blue skies all across the board are overnight lows in the mid 50s. And we're staying kind of in that mid 90s for tomorrow. Wednesday cooling off just a touch, getting a little bit closer to 80 um, or excuse me, the, the, the upper 80s uh, on Thursday and Friday, which will feel a little cooler compared to what we've been up to. 
Currently in Bend, it's 57, 55 in Prineville, and 56 in Sisters. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about what you can uh, expect if you're going to be heading over to Tokyo and watching the Olympics. As a spectator, I don't know, you might want to skip this this round and, and save your ticket for the next one. But we'll talk more about it coming up next. All the hits, 107.7 The Beat. The Olympics right around the corner, and uh, it's it's really exciting. However, uh, because of COVID, you've probably heard that the spectators have been banned from the upcoming Olympics because of the state of emergency declared in this city due to the pandemic. Now, while no spectators might be fined for some sports like rowing, archery, many athletes thrive on having cheering crowds. Like, I can only imagine for these athletes on the soccer field or the basketball court, gymnastics, track and field. I mean, having no fans in the stands, that's why there's the 12th man, right, at the uh, Safeco Field. Up in, is that right? Safeco or is that Mariners? Oh, no. See, I'm so bad at sports. But I know for the Seattle uh, Seahawks, they have the 12th man because the crowd is so loud that they are a part of the team, right? Because their energy matters a lot. It's, it's very similar to me doing radio versus doing a theater performance. If I were to get up on stage or if I were to be an MC, I can make a joke and hear you guys laugh. On the radio, I'm just kind of laughing in here by myself, Hope. Fully making you smile somehow, some way with uh, the fact that I literally know nothing about sports. And that was so embarrassing. Safe Cofield, I have to do some Googling. Coming up this hour, I can't wait to share this story with you. It's going to have you going through your old Nintendo collection and seeing if you have anything that's worth money. My goodness, what people will pay for games that have not been opened. And it makes you wonder why the heck you had to open up that game. But we'll dive into that right around 7.30. Plus, uh, romance is in the air. Craigslist Missed Connections coming up right around 7.45. Speed is brought to you by the Thomason Auto Group. Thomason Auto, the best way to buy in Bend, Redmond, and online at thomason.com. Good morning, it's Megan. There's still time for Oregon tenants who have been financially impacted by COVID to avoid eviction for non-payment of rent. Millions of dollars in assistance are, assistance are available through the Oregon Emergency Rental Assistance Program. Program Director Andrea Bell says the need is unprecedented. The program will pay up to 12 months of back rent, forward rent, and utilities for eligible tenants. So far, nearly 18,000 households have applied for over $99 million in assistance. And Bell says they're adding resources to process applications faster. Also, a student from Oregon State University has won the $1 million Take Your Shot Oregon vaccination lottery. Chloe Zinda is from McMinnville, and she is studying fine arts at OSU. She says she got her vaccination because she works as a swim instructor. Zinda originally thought the text message from the state telling her she had won was a scam, so she called to make sure it was real, and it was. She plans to use the money to pay off student loans and open up a studio so she can pursue her dream, pursue her dream of becoming an artist. How cool. Take a look at your forecast today. Looks like high is going to be in the low 90s, sunny skies. We do have some smoke in the area from the surrounding fires. Overnight lows tonight in the mid 50s. Tomorrow, mid 90s, it'll probably be our warmest day this week as we kind of are cooling off come Thursday, Friday. But that only really means it will be in the 80s versus the 90s. Currently in Bend, it's 61, 61 in Prineville and 55 in Sisters.
Coming up next, seriously, this story is going to have you going through your old Nintendo game collections and seeing if you just so happen to miss one and not open it. These unopened games from not even that long ago are being sold for so much money. Let's talk more about it coming up next. All the hits, 1077 The Beat. Good morning, it's Megan. You are not going to believe how much money this video game made. And it's actually probably going to make you want to go through all of your uh, gaming and wish that you would have missed one of the games and not opened it. Because, get this, this unopened copy of Nintendo's Super Mario 64, <laughs> yeah, you know that game that we all used to play because it didn't come out that long ago, long ago? It sold in uh, 1996. It is now the most valuable video game ever because over the weekend, at an auction, it sold for a record $1.56 million, million dollars. That is mind-blowing to me. It, come, it also comes just two days after an unopened copy of Nintendo's The Legend of Zelda sold for just, you know, $870,000. No information has been given about who purchased the games, but obviously it's someone who's uh, really wealthy and likes to collect things. What the heck? Why did we open up the Nintendo 64 Super Mario? I have that game sitting in my living room right now. Why did I open it then? Because it was a lot of fun and you should open up games to play with them, but little did we know. Now, if we could just make those beanie babies of mine really come to life. Are we really thinking those are gonna be worth money someday? Because I sure hope so, I have a lot. Coming up next, romance is in the air and we're gonna play matchmaker. I'm going to Craigslist right now, just logged on to Miss Connections. And uh, it's going to be hard to choose just two of these entries to read because some of them are just have the best title. You know, young lady reading by the river, cute blonde at bangers and brews, St. Charles, sisters McDonald's. Oh man, cute man on a bike, Amy at Bymart. See what I mean? I have so many to choose from. Can't wait to play matchmaker coming up next. It's time for your Craigslist misconnections on 107.7 The Beat. This one is titled Cute Man on Bike. I see you from time to time biking in northeast in the northeast part of town when I'm out with my doggo. I'd like to say hi and have a chat one day. Your hair is very short, dark blondish, maybe some silver on the sides. I feel your zest for life as you smile passing by. Your dimples make my heart melt. I am a woman. Long shot if you see this. I hope you do. Tell me what color and kind of bike you have. This is so wonderful. It's so romantic. I feel like she's just melting every single time she sees him. He clearly is very, very attractive to her because these dimples, they make her heart melt. How romantic and uh, what a nice way to meet somebody. What a great wedding story. Let's just make this happen. We're already jumping to the wedding. And uh, what a great story to be able to share at the wedding because uh, you posted to Craigslist and I was part of it. Can we just make that happen? No, the fact that um, somebody's passing by someone on the street, it's literally out of a romantic comedy. Let's head over to the DMV, a very romantic place here in Central Oregon, the Ben DMV. This is called Blonde Brook at Ben DMV. We both have the same name. They called our name and I went first. You were tall blonde in blue shorts. If you remember me, please reply to this. We shared a few glances. I was cute blonde man in the, in the black camo shorts. I mean, 
this is also a great wedding story that you met at the DMV and the fact that you both have the same name, Brooke. Um, but what I have to point out on this one is the self-proclaimed cuteness on this guy. That last line that says, I was cute blonde man in black camo shorts. That's one way to describe yourself, but I think that um, I'm gonna, out of all the words to use, out of all the adjectives, maybe cute is not really the world's greatest, or you're just trying to play it safe. So let's just make these brooks happen and uh, have some really great wedding stories out of both of these Craigslist misconnections. Before we dive into your daily news beat coming up next and check out that forecast for the week, uh, looking ahead for this hour, uh, turns out New Yorkers um, have some competition, some real nice, healthy competition with who has the best pizza. And it turns out um, we're not too far away from that place. So we're going to be talking about that coming up next, as well as remote working, the top 10 cities for remote workers coming up this hour. Your newsbeat is brought to you by the Thomason Auto Group. Thomason Auto, the best way to buy in Bend, Redmond, and online at thomason.com. Good morning, it's Megan. The extreme temperatures and exceedingly dry brush have prompted a complete ban on any campfires that take effect today on all land administered by the Deschutes National Forest, the Ochico National Forest, and Cricket River Grasslands and BLM land. A ban on all recreational burning began on Saturday for Sisters Camp Sherman, Cloverdale, and Blackbutte Ranch. The forestry restrictions also prohibit campfires in wilderness areas. There are no exceptions for developed or hosted campgrounds. Also, let's talk about those Pandora moths. Yep, those large Pandora pine moths are back. Several neighborhoods in Bend and Redmond have reported sightings around their homes. Nothing like the invasions in the mid-90s or in 2019 yet. The Pandora moth is one of the biggest forest insects in North America, and they're known for their thick, heavy body and three to five inch wingspan. It's a native insect to the Western US. They aren't dangerous, but they can live up to two years. Pandora moth outbreaks in forest areas that are extremely dry can cause extensive defoliation and can kill the trees. Oh, they're also huge and creepy, and you know moths. Moths already fly funky. Add a five-inch wingspan, and that thing is a flying who-knows-what unpredictable bug coming at your face. They're they're harmless, and uh, they are definitely gaining in some um, population because every time that I've come into work, there have been a little bit more, a little bit more. We have these big lights here out at the parking lot, and the lights are off by the time I get to work, but they clearly work just fine because there's Pandora moths everywhere. They definitely just had a dance party all night long, and when I come into work, they're taking a nap, and I do the very best to not step on them because, again, they're huge. Ugh. Taking a look at your forecast today, looks like high is going to be in the mid to low 90s sunny blue skies today and tomorrow looking to be our warmest day of the work week um come thursday we will be in the 80s which in the upper 80s but at least in the 80s currently in bend it is 66 degrees 66 in prineville and 63 in sisters Coming up next, uh, New Yorkers, as we know, have long claimed that their pizza reigns supreme. But according to this new book, the best slices are found farther west of the city, like a lot farther west. And I think we're going to be really proud coming up next. All the hits, 107.7 The Beat. So New Yorkers, they've long claimed that their pizza reigns supreme. But according to this new book, the best slices are found farther west of the city like a lot farther west. According to this upcoming book, Modernist Pizza, whose 
authors ate hundreds of pizzas all across the country. The best pizza can be found in Portland, Oregon. In Portland! Can you believe that? Part of me is like not really surprised. Portland has this incredible food scene. But the other part of me is very surprised because New York, what? Chicago, these huge cities that are known for their pizza. And uh, these guys, these these authors decided to uh, uh, say that Portland's got the best. And the reason was, is they were so amazed by the multiple choices of great pizzerias, ideally in different styles. So they were totally stoked on Portland's diverse pizza selection. And I should back up here. The authors of this book, this book isn't just some travel guide. This is a 1700 page book called Modernist Pizza. And they ate almost 400 pies from coast to coast. And so they've got a lot of backing um, or a lot of uh, research. And what a great research project, right? To just cross the country and eat pizza. Can like, can I do that and write about it? What, what are we doing? They obviously have the best job ever. So they went ahead and figured out Portland's got the best. They're hyping up Portland's diverse pizza selection. But the 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 two authors also took shots at famous New York pizzerias, um, saying that those locations, they're terrible, that the the diners should be wary of spots that offer secret family recipes since, quote, they suck compared to the pizzerias that have some driving creative force trying to make it great. And of course, you know, those pizzerias in New York are like, how dare you? These are my family's recipes and we brought over pizza. And oh man, I couldn't even imagine. I wouldn't want to fight anybody over in New York. But in the end of the day, um, the the it's pretty incredible that Portland went ahead and uh, made top of the list. And we're just going to keep it nice and weird over here. I bet people in New York are like, who the heck is Portland? But that's all right. That's how we like it. And also, can we go back to the fact, like, how can we become the next traveling pizza journalists? Because that's incredible. Portland named the place with the best pizza, which I'm sure New York and Chicago, not really believing that. But there is something else that Portland is being the number one at and uh, looking forward to talking about it coming up next, because during the pandemic, I'm sure that added to this and climb them to the top of this list. All the hits, 1077 The Beat. We were just talking about how this book that's being published, um, the authors ate hundreds of pizzas all across the country, and they said that the best pizza can be found in Portland, which is pretty surprising when you've got New York and Chicago um, having, obviously, the best pizza, or at least uh, that we would know. They're the ones that keep talking about it, that they have the best pizza. So pretty cool. Way to go, Portland. And uh, speaking of Portland, they've topped the list in another area as well. Um, it seems that Portland has the happiest remote workers. According to research by employment site The Ladders, Portland, with its plethora of coffee shops, public Wi-Fi locations, and work-sharing spaces, is the city with the happiest remote workers, which is pretty impressive. I mean, we're right, we're next door, and I think that Ben's a pretty awesome place to be uh, working remotely. I think it's pretty darn safe to say, and I'd be curious to know just how many people living in Central Oregon actually work remotely. I mean, it explains the whole housing crisis that we have going on. <laughs> I mean, need I say more? This video, I tell you, TikTok and all that brings everybody together, doesn't it? And puts people on blast, let's be honest. Well, this TikToker um, posted this video of an airline passenger putting their bare feet on his armrest. So let's chat more about 
If you've ever been on an airplane and seen a fellow passenger do anything strange, I mean, it's tight quarters. And I definitely have a story for you that really blows my mind that I even sat next to this woman and I never said anything because I was awkward and younger. Now I'm older and I would have said something. We'll talk more about it next. All the hits, 107.7 The Beat. TikTok is pretty impressive and it's full of a variety of different kinds of videos. You can find so many different things from book reviews to tips and tricks on how to live easier, um, just funny skits in general, funny cat videos, dog videos, you name it. And also, um, there are plenty of videos where it's putting people on blast for them doing something silly or looking funny. And I mean, if you're out and about in public, it's like fair game. So just warning. But honestly, this particular video that I saw, I think it's smart that he put this on blast and uh, put it out there in the universe because this is not okay. When you're on a flight, you're already in tight quarters with strangers that you don't know. And now after COVID-19, it feels really tight. But you have to respect everybody's little small bubble. They have their own little chair and you have to designate who gets what armrest, although we should all know deep down who gets what armrest, okay? And in the end of the day, this video that I watched yesterday, I was like, this just crosses the line. This would really invade my space spatial a bubble. Um, this guy is sitting in his seat and uh, about an hour into his flight, this uh, passenger behind him slips their foot onto their armrest behind him. So, I mean, he's got to squeeze his foot in between the two chairs and set his heel on the armrest right next to the guy who's creating the TikTok video. So what did he do? He took his bottle of water and as he's filming, poured the bottle of water on top of this passenger's toes. Now, obviously, of course, the passenger then moved their feet and the, t- the TikTok video has gone viral because who the heck is comfortable enough to slip their foot through those chairs and put their heel right on someone's armrest. This is not okay. Now, I have been on a flight where I was sitting next to a woman who was painting her fingernails, literally got out blue fingernail polish. It wasn't even a pretty blue. And I was so appalled and I was too young. I was too nervous to even say anything, but I'm shocked no one else did. You know how potent nail polish smells. Could you imagine it being on a flight? Why was I the only one with the responsibility of saying something? You're right, I didn't. But in the end of the day, how come it didn't bug anybody else? And it's too bad too, because I, I, I'm i so sensitive to sense um, that I should have just said something. But I also was just kind of in pure shock for someone to be so brave to do something so bizarre. Like, did, was it really important for you to paint your fingernails on a flight? I don't think so. Coming up next on your daily dose of laughter, comedian Mike Burbiglia. He's talking about his love for cable news. And I have a super big love on Central Oregon Daily News. Um, some of my best friends work there. Samantha O'Connor, Emily Kirk, shout out to you beautiful ladies. It's your daily dose of laughter on 107.7 The Beat. I really am addicted to cable news. And I think it's because they treat every story with the same level of importance, you know? There's the laser sound effects. It'll be like, Pachoo! Are your kids having sex at the mall, you know? I don't even have kids. I'm like, are they? I gotta make sure they're not having sex at the mall. Like fun of they having sex at the mall. And it'll be like, Pachoo! Insurgents blow up bus. I'm like, whoa, really puts the mall sex in perspective. That is much worse.
That was your daily dose of laughter on 107.7 The Beat. Tomorrow morning on the show, looking forward to having my friend Rachel come into the studio and join me. It's been a while since we've had a chance to catch up. I uh, recently posted an Instagram of my boyfriend's mom's dog, uh, who is a corgi. And I totally spaced that my friend Rachel is obsessed with corgis. She doesn't have one. She has several cats. Um, But then that got us chatting. And I thought, hey, it's been a while, Rachel. It's time for you to come on in and we can catch up on life. So that'll be fun. Rachel will be joining me for the latter half of the show. She'll be in around 8.20. And I'm looking forward to visiting with her. So you should definitely tune in. So much fun diving into Craigslist misconnections. That was a huge highlight this morning. Some of the things people write are just too good. And I, I, I'm always tempted to make it a longer feature and actually extend it throughout the week. But I do enjoy after the weekend all of the different posts that come up. It's usually on Monday where people are like, cool, let's give this a shot and see if that connection can be connected uh, that was missed over the weekend. So that was a great highlight to the show. Um, I'm so excited for Portland to be named um, in this book that's like 1,700 pages. These two authors named Portland to have the best pizza. I don't think New York and Chicago are particularly pleased, but I think us here in the Pacific Northwest are pumped. Pizza pumped Portland. Ah, I know. It's my time to go. Is it obvious? Have a great rest of your day. Can't wait to catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Megan in the Morning podcast. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 10 on 1077 The Beat.